Hello and welcome to your Active Spin the Byline podcast. I'm Evikiori and this week we will be taking a closer look at Twitter's current troubles with EU's Digital Services Act, why journalists and media are turning their back to the platform and what is its future in the European market. The once-called pioneer of social media has become the black sheep since October when Elon Musk took over and became the CEO of Twitter. Since Chief Tweet, as Elon Musk likes to call himself, has been in charge, things have changed, but not for the better. Well, there were a set of standards and policies that have been designed with you know, input from Twitter's policy staff and experts and also consultation with civil society over the last years. And... That's all just been thrown up in the air with Elon Musk's arrival to Twitter. Tells us Brandy Gerking, senior policy fellow with Mozilla and board member with the Coalition for Independent Tech Research. What has happened is that the standards and basis upon which decisions were made have just changed wildly. And it's it's become almost impossible to keep up with, especially because at the same time that You know, there's a huge staff turnover and it seems that policies um, around really important things like the designation of state media are changing left and right. There's also been decreases in transparency. And so the ability for uh, those of us, you know, monitoring from the outside the platform to be able to understand and really follow these changes and also the impact that these changes are are having on discourse on Twitter. Transparency has always been an issue when it comes to Twitter, but the situation has been gradually deteriorating since October. Twitter decided to shut down the free version of their API, which is something that thousands of researchers and journalists and also developers around the world rely on. And that they've decided to replace it with a service that will cost around 43,000 US dollars a month, um, which is really significant for with regard to, to transparency and oversight of the platform. It makes it pretty much unaffordable for the vast majority of people who who do this kind of, um, of research and work and the consequences will be very significant. And the APA was not the only change that we saw on Twitter since the arrival of uh, Elon Musk. Tweets now appear differently on users' timeline, with the app defaulting to Twitter's curated for you feed from time to time, leading to complaints that it's full of Twitter's recommendations. We also saw Elon Musk reinstating some high-profile accounts that had been banned, including those of Kanye West, Andrew Tate and Donald Trump. Another change was Twitter Blue, the company's subscription service rolled out with a few features, including an edit button, boosted visibility and fewer ads. And finally, Twitter's blue tick. Now the sign of a subscriber has been replaced by gold or silver ticks for brands and government figures. And at the same time, Twitter recently did kind of a a flashy PR move, if you will, of um, releasing their algorithm uh, and called it open sourcing their algorithm. And this was only a PR move because for the past decade or so, the social internet has been largely controlled by secretive algorithms designed by tech companies to capture attention and drive engagement. 
These algorithms determine which posts end up in your feeds and which sink like a rock, never to be seen again. They also play a role in polarization, rocketing ordinary people to overnight fame, and the spread of extreme violence-provoking content. They generally operate as black boxes, hidden from the academic researchers and the public, despite a push from notable figures in tech and politics to make them more transparent. Now, what Elon Musk wanted is to show that Twitter is transparent by posting and making public its algorithm for anyone to see. So it made public the source code for its For You page and published a blog post from its engineering team explaining how the recommendation system broadly works. The company hailed the move as a first step forward a new era of transparency, and indeed it was an unprecedented move. But the problem is that the code and the accompanying blog posts are missing context that would fully explain why you do or you don't see any given tweet. And as Brandy explains, Musk also made a number of decisions that reduce transparency and overall accountability in other respects. This was very much a move that was intended to distract people from the fact that what the company is actually doing is shutting down transparency and also firing you know, uh, staff members who really were the ones driving forward lots of positive change um, with regard to Twitter's, Twitter's content policies and, and the transparency of Twitter overall. So now Twitter's most devoted users, journalists and media are slowly but surely leaving the platform, according to news reports. NPR was the first one to leave Twitter and it announced that it will no longer post fresh content on its 52 official Twitter feeds, becoming one of the major news organizations to go silent on the social media platform. In explaining its decision, NPR cited Twitter's decision to first label the network state-affiliated media, the same term it uses for propaganda outlets in Russia, China and other autocratic countries. And the NPR's CEO, John Lansing, insists that the point is independence, as NPR receives most of its funding from corporate and individual supporters and grants, with only a small percentage coming from government sources. And according to a survey uh, from Macrack, a platform journalists uh, used to showcase their work, 2,226 journalists uh, based mainly in US, but also in Asia, Africa and Europe, joined the survey and verify that 90% of them are on Twitter. Although Twitter is only the 16th most popular social media network, generally with 436 million users, is one of the most useful platforms for journalists, with some 78% of the Ask journalists confirming this. I can also confirm this, uh, since I use Twitter regularly to look for possible interviews and sources. But will this continue, or will we be witnessing big shifts? Yeah, its influence is so high because it's where the vast majority of conversation between decision makers in society is happening. So, I mean, it's where journalists are, it's where policymakers, political leaders all sort of convene um, and 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 have co- are in conversation with one another. And I think that's why Twitter's influence um, is is outsized in comparison to just looking at the numbers of users, say, in the European Union and elsewhere. And I think that as people lose trust in Elon Musk's ability to um, to run the company and these new policies that have, have, have been put in place, then, yeah, certainly we're seeing people shift away from the platform. Um, I don't think that Twitter is going to, you know, lose its 
uh, dominant position as the the sort of town square where this is all happening. Um, you know, certainly not within within the next within the next months, which is really concerning because if that is still the space where these conversations are happening, but in the absence of rules and in the absence of transparency that anybody can follow, then perhaps that's it's it's a worse situation. I've been following the conversations that are happening around um, uh, at, at Substack and seeing them kind of trying to to emerge, maybe to fill some of the space that's that's been left in this area. But uh, it's you know really I think a question for for the journalists. And the biggest headache for Twitter regarding its presence in European soil is the Digital Services Act. Now, the Digital Services Act, DSA, is a proposed regulation by the European Commission aimed at updating the rules for digital services in the European Union. Its objectives include establishing responsibilities for digital services providers, ensuring a level playing field for businesses, strengthening enforcement of EU rules and enhancing transparency. The DSA is expected to be adopted by the end of this year, 2023. So will Twitter be able to comply with all these rules? At its current um, status, I don't see how Twitter is going to be able to deliver on the obligations in the Digital Services Act. I think that's a really big open question. They've also completely reversed on issues, key issues like transparency and access to data by shutting down the API, by putting this extremely high price tag onto it. So these moves seem to be definitely not in the spirit of what uh, the Digital Services Act is trying to achieve. And at the same time, I think the European market and in particular the importance of you know European leaders and, and conversation globally that's happening on Twitter is going to continue to be so important that um, Twitter is going to have to figure out how it complies with the Digital Services Act. Failing to comply with EU law could lead to hefty fines, up to 6% of the company's global annual turnover, or even a complete ban in case of repeated offences. So is there a possibility that Twitter will leave Europe with a bang? No, I don't think so. I think that the desire to still be relevant and part of the global conversation um, is still going to be what's driving Twitter. Um, so I don't see Twitter leaving Europe as a result of that. I think even though the user base is smaller, certainly in Twitter, it, its impact is outsized because of the fact that, you know, political leaders and journalists, uh, policymakers are all still, you know, for the most part using, using Twitter. Um, but the flip side of that is that the risks are also then outsized. Um, the risks to say, you know, civic discourse and other other things outlined in the Digital Services Act are actually potentially outsized on Twitter. And so it's definitely something that I think um, European policymakers in particular need to be paying really close attention to is, you know, what do um, Musk's recent moves against transparency and really just kind of throwing out all of the work uh, to put into place sensible policies that have been done in the past. What does that mean in the context of the Digital Services Act? And what does that mean for enforcement um, of the Digital Services Act? I think these are all very, very important questions. 
And these questions will get their answers once the DSA will be reinforced. But for now, Euractiv reports that Musk and other senior company officers have kept a reassuring tone with EU officials. However, the situation remains tense since in February, Commission Vice President Vera Jourova issued a moral yellow card for Twitter's lack of effort in complying with the Code of Practice on Disinformation. Moreover, the company keeps moving in the opposite direction from the DSA rules by dismantling the existing transparency and safety features. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Euractiv's Beyond the Byline podcast. I am Evikiori and I want to remind you to visit Euractiv.com for the latest news. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app. And if you have any comments or ideas, feel free to drop us a line at podcast at Euractiv.com. This episode was produced by myself and I want to thank our executive producer, Malte Kettelsen. That's all for today. See you next week.